0: Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Foster Brown. Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor.
2: Hello, this is Gary Baker, and I'm here with Ed Riddell, and this is the Internet Advisor Show. We've got a great show for you today, full two hours, and we're going to be talking about things like the start of the holiday shopping season. Yes, can you believe it? It's starting already. Cyberbullying, cheddar, we'll talk about that in a little bit. And we have two great guests. Uh, We're going to talk about CFI and what they do to help websites and help their customers. Back in just a moment. Well, this is Gary Baker with Ed Riddell, and uh, Foster has today off as well as Cal. Both of them are... Uh, what is the deal?
3: I, I mean, know. hunting doesn't start for another week and a half. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, it can't be that. I know. Actually, uh, Foster has a medical procedure that he had uh, that went long last night and, uh, and uh, is not able to make it with us today, but yeah. uh, we wish him the best. We know that uh, things will work out well. So. Right.
3: Maybe it was Cal that was thinking about hunting. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I wonder what
2: he's hunting. That's the question. Well, hey, we've got um, a great show today, and we've got a great guest uh, here in the first hour. Uh, her name is Sherry Petras, and she is the CEO of CFI. Sherry, welcome to the Internet Advisor Show.
1: Thank you for having me.
2: Yeah, thanks for coming on. I saw um, a, a press release this last week that got me really, you know thinking nostalgic-like, and uh, thinking back to a professor I had, professor of marketing, back during my uh, MBA program at uh, Ross School of Business at U of M. And uh, and Klaus Fornell uh, started CFI many, many years ago, didn't he?
1: Yes, he did. He started it in 1988, and we have been in Michigan for the past uh, 28 years.
2: And, and, you know, but a lot, of, I mean, you've served lots of customers uh, between now and then. But what really got my, uh, caught my eye was this new press release about some of the information that you collect um, that is now the basis for a new exchange traded fund. You're now in investments too, among many other things. Uh, tell, us, tell us a little bit about what you're doing there.
1: Absolutely. Um, as you probably remember back to your marketing days with Professor Fernell, uh, he had a passion for customer satisfaction, and that passion uh, lent, lent itself to founding several companies, uh, one of which was the American Customer Satisfaction Index, which was in that press release that you had seen about the fund. Mm-hmm. And the ACSI collects data from you know thousands and thousands of customers every year measures customer satisfaction with the top companies ac- across the United States and actually there's indices in other countries as well but uh, we'll focus on the US for now and that information is used to predict um, financial performance both for firms and for the economy as a whole he also founded CFI group which is you know the same technology and it's the technology that we use the technology that ACSI uses that um, essentially helps do those predictions, do those uh, measurements of satisfaction and figure out how it predicts financial performance. And then he's also founded a fund company, ACSI Funds, um, which you saw in the press release. And the fundamental thread that holds all of these entities together really is Uh, the measurement of customer satisfaction. And the the premise is pretty simple. uh, If you think about it, if companies serve their customers well, those customers will come back. They'll buy more. They'll recommend the company to other people. And if you treat them badly, the customer won't be a customer for very long. And if firms lose customers, they lose their revenue source, and they eventually will go out of business. So, you know, with that... you know, with the growth of the Internet, there's more and more information in customers' hands, which makes customers even more powerful today than they perhaps were even back when the company was founded.
2: It makes me really want to uh, to go back and pay more attention in that class than I did. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I this, this
1: will rich. really make you want to yeah, wish you had rich. paid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's so interesting because I remember that um, when the you know when he was first talking about the American customer satisfaction index and and it's really been uh picked up and used by so many firms across not only across the country but as you indicate across the world um that um it, it, it seems like a no-brainer that that this may that this would happen but i guess i never thought about how you would use it to predict economic outcomes as well and it makes sense right
1: absolutely and and this will make you kick yourself. Imagine you had 100 bucks back in April of 2000. If you had invested that in the, the S&P, in a, an index S&P fund, how much do you think you'd have today? Oh,
3: I'm, I'm afraid to know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> how many times have I done this to myself? Microsoft, Cisco. Yeah, all the ones oh. we knew
2: about.
1: Oh. Um. You'd have $137.45. Okay. Actually, oh, that's if a... you, if you picked firms that did well by their customers and used the ACSI scores to predict those that investment, you would have $650 and 98.
2: Oh, that's uh, You're right. I should have paid more attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how long have you been, um, the CEO of, of, uh, CFI?
1: Uh, about eight years now. I've been here in, uh, at CFI group for the past 16 years, but, uh, was made CEO back in 2008.
2: So what, I mean, how do other people hear about you, see see you? Um, I know that you were um, one of the two, CFI was one of the two um, original uh, shareholders in 4C results. And we see 4C because it pops up when we visit certain websites. Um, What does CFI do?
1: CFI Group, uh, does very similar things to four C where four C really focuses on website measurement.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We focus more on strategic measurement across the firm's entire customer base, not just those folks that visit a website and not just that website transaction that you're you're measuring when you, you see those pop up surveys. So you know, we're really about the holistic customer experience from end to end for most of our most of our customers, and we've got um, we help firms everywhere from say NASA, which is kind of cool, um, the IRS. Believe it or not, they care what people think about them, and they want to do a good job. While paying taxes isn't fun, they want to make a at least the experience as the least painful as it can be, all the way to firms like eBay. So,
2: sure. Well, you know, broad
1: experience.
2: It, it was interesting. Uh, the mission um, it is, uh, is quite broad, but uh, I really like it. We'll come back and talk a little bit more about that with you. Uh, we're talking to Sherry Petras. She's the CEO of CFI Group. Uh, we're going to take a short break here and uh, come back and ask Sherry a little bit about the mission and about what she does with not only her industry clients, but maybe the public sector as well. You may be interested. Stay tuned. This is Gary Baker at Riddell, and we have Sherry Petrus, uh from CFI, uh, CFI Group, on the phone with us. Welcome back.
1: Thank
4: you.
2: Hey, um, when I was just looking at the website as we were getting ready throughout this last part of the week to uh, have you on, and I love the mission. Can you tell us <laughs> what what that's about?
1: <laughs> um, you know, we like to think we're we're making the world a little bit better. You know, we help organizations create great customer experiences for the employees as well as the stakeholders we we like to think that by helping firms measure that customer experience and improve those pain points that we all have sometimes when we deal with firms in our day-to-day life. It,
2: uh... Boy, do I have a, a client list for you of the firms that, <laughs> boy, would I like you to help them create a little better customer experience when I go to their website and uh, when I have to deal with them and call c- uh, customer service. And and actually, you do some of that, too. It's it's really about helping them develop a better contact center isn't that right
1: absolutely we we've been doing contact center measurement for years we uh, have published studies on uh, the contact center I think we were one of the first people to you know identify the issues with offshoring in mass without having some sort of backup plan when the queries get too tough for the offshore staff to handle Uh, that happens you're yeah, doing happening. that measurement today yeah.
3: yeah well you know that that's good to know i mean because sometimes it's like um it's like uh, screaming into the wind on a beach and and you don't think anyone hears you and and <laughs> and you can really turn sour against a um a particular Internet provider or someone that's providing you service very easily,
2: and you know it's not. Uh, you probably know this uh, so well, and with all your research and the help that you that you provide these firms, but the the actual individual customer uh, contact center rep th- they want to do a good job. They do, yep. but sometimes there's structural things that get in the way at the contact center, and sometimes it's just a misunderstanding. Yep. they don't understand maybe what we're trying to say, and we don't always describe technology very well.
1: Well, and, and anymore a lot of times they're getting the most frustrated customer on the planet because you've gone to the website, right? You tried <laughs> yeah. to figure it out. Oh, that's
3: a good point. Yeah. You
1: can't figure it out, so then you call and you get stuck with robo voice mm-hmm. because rarely does a human actually answer a phone, right? Right. So some firms do internet, you know, the IVR, the interactive voice response units really well. Uh, others not so well. So you've gone through 78 different iterations on the phone tree and by the time you finally get to this agent at the end of the call the the poor you know the poor person is dealing with the wrath of of your frustration from having to work so hard to get there. And I think that's one of the big things that we find differentiates a great customer experience in a in a contact center versus a miserable one. It's just you know, the ability to get done what you called to get done. And people don't hate IVRs necessarily. They hate it when you can't figure out how to get out of it if you need to talk to a person.
2: Well, and I, I looked <laughs> at a few of the clients that you serve, especially in the public sector, the, the VA and Department of Energy and the IRS. You know that we don't want to be talking to the IRS if we unless we really have to, anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
2: <laughs> so, to, and but, what kind of p- private sector firms uh, do you have specialties? Do you deal with um, financial services more than than say retail, or do you?
1: We, is there
2: at, a specialty there?
1: We have clients across uh, um, quite a few industries. Uh, a pretty significant concentration in financial <laughs> services which is uh, both in you know, banks as well as credit unions. Uh, we've done a, quite a bit of work in contact centers, actually. So we find retail contact centers um, have been very open to measuring the customer experience and trying to make, that, make an improvement. So we've, we've done quite a bit of work in higher education, both within the government as well as in, in the, I guess, quasi-private sector. Not the federal yeah. space, but yeah. the higher ed space.
2: You know, we're we're talking to Sherry Petrus, uh, the CEO of CFI Group. Um, you not only measure customer satisfaction, you, you help the employees, too, right?
1: We do. You know, one of the key drivers of customer satisfaction is, are the employees you're dealing with um, pleasant, right? right? We were just talking about the agents, and... If employees are treated badly, or are miserable at their job, or it's not a great fit, they tend not to to provide the best customer experience, and we found that over and over again, that if employees are not satisfied, do not like their jobs, they don't have a healthy climate, then those employees uh, don't provide great service. So it really, it's all about all of the stakeholders and all of the touch points that a customer might have.
2: You know, I found that so true that, uh, you know, there's cust- there are companies that say, you know, customer first. And I've many times said, no, we're going to concentrate our, on our employees first because it's our employees that touch the customer every day. So if we want happy customers, we have to first have happy employees.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, there's a, an added benefit to um, employers' benefit on both ends. It's far better to keep your employee base around and not have turnover. And you have happy customers, which means they spend more and do all those things that happy customers do. So, you know, doing like, like tell their friends, right? <laughs> exactly. They yeah. tell their friends, they spend more, they stick around. So yeah. it's, it really is a... Huge benefit to to companies to make sure that their employees feel valued, feel taken care of, are satisfied, and and plan to stick around.
3: So, how has social media impacted your your business in the last what ten years? Now you have Facebook, Twitter. I mean, I I imagine you must be monitoring that for your clients. Uh, Mm -hmm. And am I correct in that?
1: Absolutely. Um, Social media, I think, is just it isn't necessarily changed the. It hasn't changed the fact that firms need to deal with their customers and understand their customers. But what it's done is given customers another channel to contact the firm and another channel to speak about their interactions that they've had, both good and bad. Mm-hmm. And you know, we find that, the cus- that it's also changed fundamentally what people expect firms to do. They expect that if they call, if they, they post on Facebook or if they are miserable and put something out on Twitter, most, most people expect that that firm is going to notice it, deal with it, and make it right.
2: Hmm. That's so, interesting. So um, we're talking again to Sherry Petrus, and uh, Sherry, we started talking about the ACSI fund, an exchange-traded fund. Um, we can, where, where can we track that?
1: It's Actually, it's on the BATS. BATS, Um, okay. Yep, it's on the BATS Exchange, and the
2: ticker is ACSI. Uh, Excellent. Sherry, thank you very much for being our guest here. This has been very helpful. I've learned a lot. Hopefully our our listeners have as well. We're talking to Sherry Petrus, And Sherry, thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Um, We're going to take another short break and come back and talk a little bit about Cyberbullying. This is Gary Baker. I'm here with Ed Riddell. And Ed, um, the other... Two uh, members of the posse are, are not here today. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, we got to fill in a lot of airtime. But, you know, you and I can talk, Gary. That's one thing we
2: can do. You know, not as well as Foster. Somehow he always keeps it moving uh, so quickly, and, and we have so much fun, and we hope that uh, things are well with him and that uh, he'll recover from this little procedure that he had yesterday. So. Yes. Um, you know, I noticed a bunch of things that came up towards the end of last month and then realized that the month of October was cyberbullying month.
3: You know, I, and and I didn't even know that. I
2: didn't either. And it was, it kind of, we should have done this earlier in the month when it was October and cyberbullying month. But it's never too late to talk about uh, this subject because while there's always been bullying, yes. right? Going back to probably the the first caveman that, uh, you know, pushed somebody else out of the cave, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it seems like it's, It's taken on a a kind of a different role now because you can do it so anonymously with technology today.
3: And you can, you feel, you have, you seem to, the person seems to have the freedom to say whatever they want with no filters and they can be as mean as they want and say things that they may not even understand.
2: And so many other people can see it and hear it and. Yeah, and uh, that, and that's, I guess, the the way technology proliferates those comments, right? And, and
3: usually, crazy. children at that age just have no idea of the consequences of the words. That's really not something that children comprehend. They don't understand long term impacts, and that's in their child development. That doesn't really happen until they're nineteen, twenty two years old. Yeah. You know. And
2: maybe not that. And I know maybe yeah. a lot of people did that not that. But
3: here we have children that are eight years old. Well, usually, it's at the puberty time frame, so between the ages of eleven and uh, sixteen, that uh, the cyber they they bully each other.
2: Yeah, you know it. Uh, it's amazing that um, you know as I as we look through some of this, and and a great resource is cyber bullying. Dot .org uh, yes. that uh, that you came up with there's a there's a resource page there for parents as yeah. as well as for pe- for the students and and younger kids to to really un- try to help them understand what this does to people how devastating it can be. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And it's a, it's a resource and if you were to go to Bing or Google and just type in cyberbullying I believe both internet search Providers have have tailored the searches. They've removed the ads, pretty much completely, mm-hmm. and and they've taken you just to those resources that are you know beneficial for you to provide the information as quickly as possible. Um, and and you said earlier cyberbullying, and it's just like regular bullying. And I remember uh, something that you said that you did with your family. All those years ago, and when you gave your kids technology, whether it is a laptop or a tablet or a phone, you basically also gave them the instructions that at any time, you are to surrender that device so dad or mom can inspect it.
2: That's right. Yeah, that was the way. So it just happened that um, Lauren was on her computer, and we don't let her do that in her room, and um, now she's 24 years old and moved out of of state, actually, but um, but. As she was um, getting her first computer and whatnot, um, she would chat with her friends, and she walked away, and I happened to, you know, turn around and look at what was on her screen. Mm -hmm. And then a little while later, I mentioned it to her, and she said, Dad, how did you know that? And I said, you know, it's on the Internet. I can tell everything. (laughs) And she kind of went, oh, boy, I better not put anything on there that I don't want my mom or dad to to see. And, boy, did that work well. Not so much with my son, but I worked with my daughter. So
3: well, the, the point is, I guess if before your children are, uh, when you introduce them to technology, you lay the ground rules so they understand. That's right. And, and, and so many parents just give technology to the children without having that discussion. And I took that lesson to my children and said at any time i'm working on your computers you won't believe the stuff i see on computers i service computers all all the time people ask me to rescue data i have to go into their internet history because i have to save their favorites i see this stuff and and i said i could tell what's on your computer so don't do things that you wouldn't do and this is one of your phrases that you wouldn't do if grandma was sitting right next to you That's
2: right you know and it's um you know, as we looked at some of the the um, different resources and whatnot, we found or I found uh, backgroundcheck dot org mm-hmm. and it 's not something that I would normally go to, but one thing that did catch my eye uh, and it was because of cyberbullying um, month last month, and that was they had looked at um, the the different c- um, components and attributes of what uh, some of the conversations and some of the tweets and some of the um, because it is all visible some of the facebook posts and they determined they used a pretty sophisticated ranking to rank the worst bullying states in the nation oh and michigan is one of the top 10 we don't want to be the top 10 in this category no but um louisiana idaho for some reason got up there arkansas west virginia nebraska michigan Mississippi, Tennessee, Kentucky, South Dakota are the worst ten states, and uh, you know that's a list we want to get off of. So, um, people listening to us, uh, you know, any anywhere that they're listening, uh, talk to your kids. Make sure you don't do it. It's not just children. Oh, you know, right? that's true. You and, got this, and that's what they pointed out in that article. It's you know, not just p- children.
3: That's true. I mean, you have, think of the the people that are screaming on the sidelines in sports activities. Um, you know, they sometimes they could take it too far. And, and yeah, it's, it's just not the children exactly. And a lot of times children lash out because of other troubles in their lives yeah
2: so i don't know how to segue from cyber bullying into talking about other things that you find in social media and obviously this weekend before the election i blend came up with um just a a great list of all the different chats uh the and social trends
3: going on um, right now with and, the chats. Oh and,
2: my god. You know, the, so the most so uh, what do you think the most talked about candidate scandals are? Let's see. Email, uh, groping. Yep. Um, what else? Groping was first, email <laughs> was second, uh, Trump's tax return, uh been been Scotty. Oh, oh uh, yeah, still, yeah, yeah. Still there. And then, you know, um, Bill Clinton's women uh, problems as well so what about like political issue buzzwords oh, so
3: i would think the uh the pipeline the indian pipeline uh let's see immigrants and uh you know uh, building
2: that wall yeah Im- actually immigrants was down six jobs in the economy okay right? um guns and police oh, of um, course and we've had that that problem but then you know nafta the trade um and then student debt uh, healthcare, and climate change was way down one percent um really. So I would have thought that would have been higher. But interesting, they talked about the emojis that were associated with different candidates. <laughs> and uh I'm you know, it's it, it's just interesting. Both of them had US flag. That was wonderful okay. to see. Uh there's thumbs down. Uh there's uh, an emoji with you know, crying with laughter, um muscle arm, uh poop swirl. Oh. That that got right up there. That that was I bet you that high. was right at the top. <laughs> So, and then the interesting other thing that I thought was, uh, was interesting was that um, of all of the, the times that the different presidential candidates were mentioned, Trump was mentioned 74% of the time. Now, it doesn't say whether that was always good mention or always bad mention, right. but he was mentioned a lot more than Hillary, which was uh, um, Secretary of State uh, Clinton was uh, only mentioned 26%. So 74 to 26% of the time. Well, he is a sensationalist, uh, isn't he? One way, the, you love him or you hate him, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, the last part that I saw was on the from the millennials talking. Uh, only eighteen percent were talking about stamina, uh, and uh, and eighty two percent were talking about temperament and whether the candidates uh, were. Uh, <laughs> that's fit interesting. That was that's like fit. three weeks old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it just uh, just interesting um, because all of this is out there. We can run different algorithms to pull out words phrases mm-hmm. emojis um in different ways to track what the conversation is online and and it's um it's eye-opening in some ways and other ways pretty typical especially this this point and i think a lot of people just, I just want
3: burned out yeah i just want this to be over right right yeah. i mean thanksgiving dinner is going to be you know a restful place with you know turkey and mashed potatoes and i get my pumpkin pie and and that'll be all behind me
2: yeah yeah and uh and then you can lie on the couch and uh, sleep through the game right, right exactly the, the Lion, detroit lions game uh so anyway uh, i thought that was pretty interesting and there's awful a lot more uh, all you have to do is google this stuff and it pops up and um you know some of it's pretty uh eye-opening others as you go yep yep i knew that yep knew that yep yeah. knew that so well um we have um, Mike Brennan coming up in his uh, segment this next uh, this next segment uh, just before the top of the hour. Um, he we're going to talk to him a little bit. He not only tracks the news, he's making some news in this of last course. week. So uh, we'll have to uh, tease him a little bit about that and actually talk about it because it's it's. Um, it's something that I think is long overdue, and I'm glad that he's doing it. But uh, we'll ask him about that. Excellent. I think we're going to try to interrupt him. I think he's actually at the game, so I think he'll step out of the stadium maybe and, and talk to us. This is the Internet Advisor Show. This is Gary Baker and Ed Riddell. Um, we're going to take a short break and come back and talk to Mike Brennan of My Tech News. Again, this is the Internet Advisor Show. Gary Baker and Ed Riddell. And Foster has a day off along with Cal. But just as true as ever, um, Mike Brennan is on the line with us for his segment. Mike is the editor-publisher of uh, MyTechNews.com. Uh, Mike, welcome to the Internet Advisor Show.
5: Thank you, Gary. And to show my dedication, I just left the Michigan game in the second quarter.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, I we mentioned that just before you got on. We mentioned it last hour. We thought you would have to step out. So thank you for doing that. And I don't get to talk to you. I talk to you during the week. Uh, yeah, but do? I don't get to talk to you because Foster um, really does this segment with you. So it, th- this is kind of a special treat for me.
5: Well, thank you, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: and we were talking about you not only reporting the news this week, but you're making the news. Um,
5: well, we try, you know. So. <laughs> so
2: you partnered with Automation Alley and to provide video news updates for tech-based membership.
5: Yep. So, um, and that's tell us the what deal that means. That's been in the works for some time. Uh, but we finally got it done, and I went in and shot—not literally shot—I took video of, not to be confused here, of all the <laughs> gala winners. And so, over the course of November, we're going to use those as our samples of, you know, what we're doing, so everybody gets a better idea. But yeah, we're launched, we're we're rocking and rolling, and uh, we'll see what happens next.
2: So you know, this is just long overdue, I believe, because uh, video is. Uh, becoming more and more popular on the net is more and more people have broadband, they can get video. Other oh, oh, smart
3: devices, they can watch every stream, anything on their smart devices.
2: Um, so, And it's such a, a rich medium, much richer than just reading something. A lot of people, they, they need to not only hear it, but they need to see it, um, because that's the way they learn better. Um, Particularly
5: so, if they're under 50. Um We've been looking at, I've been reading a lot of studies, I've been talking to a lot of people. This isn't something I decided to do last night. We've been looking at it for about six months, and the future of everything is video. I mean, they're saying by 2019 that 90% of of what's on Facebook will be video. And uh, it's just, you know, you, smartphones are very smart, and, and people watch everything on their smartphones, so why not news, right?
2: Absolutely. And, you know, to enable all of that, um, you got to have broadband, and you got to have fast broadband, and yeah. Comcast had a big announcement this week.
5: Yep, yep. Uh, they're going to have uh, one gig service uh, in, in Detroit proper. I mean, it started on November 1st. Uh, one of the first five or six cities in the country to get one gig residential service, that is. It's a little on the pricey side, 139 a month. But if you need that kind of broadband, if you really do a lot of heavy lifting stuff or a lot of video or engineering drawings or things like that, then that's perfect. Uh, and then uh, it's going to go to the rest of the state sometime in 2017 because they're just piggybacking on existing lines of technology, you know, they just have a a new way of doing it uh, that to push the uh, the numbers out so you can get more more data in and out. Uh, so it's, it's already in place. It's just a matter of getting it all dialed up.
3: So we you know, don't is don't this consumer-based or it's business-based or both? No, no,
5: no. This is residential-based. Uh, yeah. this, this announcement was all of Detroit for residential starting right now in November 1st. And then they'll phase it in across, well, I imagine, I'm not sure about the rural areas, but certainly all the major metro areas in the state will get it sometime in 2017. So
2: this is, uh, so we don't have to move to Detroit, actually. We can just wait a little bit longer and we'll get it uh, in I,
5: I did ask him about that, whether Ann Arbor, being a big tech area, was going to get it real soon. I, I, they said it was very high on the list. Well, and, so,
2: and that lets you and me, we can work from home now.
5: Yeah, soon. You know, well, I, of course I do anyway, but <laughs> yeah. most of the time. <laughs> so I was... Um,
2: Actually, on a phone call with uh, Phil Bertolini, the CIO for Oakland County, and uh, he had a big announcement yesterday, and and it showed up yesterday in my tech news. Tell us about what they're doing.
5: It's the Access Oakland Open Data Portal. I want to get that right. It it also launched on November first, and it's essentially all that public information that they've they've gleaned about everybody and everything. And they've got it into a really convenient portal that you can surf into, you can search, you can look for different things. I mean, it, Oakland County, uh, hopefully Phil's listening, and I'm not saying this to be gratuitous, but they've always pretty much led the charge. I mean, they're they're the, probably one of the, besides Washington County, one of the more sophisticated uh, technology counties in the state. And, and I give a lot of that praise to Phil Bertolini, because yep. he's really done a wonderful job there.
2: Yeah, he really has. Um, and so what are, I mean, it's just... As much information as Oakland County has is now available on this site?
5: Well, I'm not sure about everything, but I mean, it's, it's your basic stuff uh, where you can uh, look up property information and boundaries. You can find parks and trails. You can locate floodplains, planes, but I can do it. And then, uh, you know, different things like that, uh, uh, you, you, you know, you can, uh, they think it's going to be great because it's very transparent, and transparency is the big thing right now, right?
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And the portal is o- Access Oakland dot. Oak government or Oakgov dot right? Yes, yeah,
5: that's it. Yeah. Access Oakland dot oak government oakgov yeah. yeah. easy, <laughs> easy, easy for me <laughs> to say, <Yeah>. right?
3: <laughs> now if they only had a link off there to a M dot showing all the construction on our roads, I, I'd be oh, really, really God, happy. Yeah,
5: I was uh, I was caught in some traffic jam on twenty three last night where a garbage truck caught on fire on twenty three, right at the interchange of ninety four. And Boy, we that had stinks. traffic tied up for an hour and a half, so <laughs>
2: yeah. But ninety ninety four was plugged up coming when I was coming in today, so I had to jump off and go somewhere else. Boy, and that and that's so convenient when I can just um, I'm sitting still, so I'm not looking at my smartphone when I'm not sitting still. But I was sitting still on the expressway. I could get on and go. Wow, this is going to be here for a long time. I got to get off, and so I took the next exit and and got around it and and got here in time. But yeah, uh, it's but, a mess. You know, it's uh, it's interesting all of the ways that they're taking and putting information together with geospatial or gps information too that makes yeah. um so much more sense uh and you know that's just going to continue as uh, as we get more sophisticated as uh, we can get more and more data online and in usable form um yeah
5: absolutely i mean it's they're just the tip of the of the sword here i mean everybody else is going to be doing it uh uh, and Oakland, in many ways, a lot of other counties around the state look at what they're doing there as a you know a template for what they can do in their counties.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and they really have. Phil has done a, such a great job, and he's so willing to share with the uh, other county CEOs or CIOs, and as well as uh, the different municipalities. Um, and has been in that position for a long time, and um, you know, very sophisticated in the way they do things. So that's great.
5: You um, know he is an MSU fan, right?
2: Uh, <laughs> other than that, yeah, there. Uh, oh, sorry,
5: he, I had to he, throw that in. You he, know, he
2: hasn't been uh, as in my face this year as he has in other years. Yeah,
5: he's <laughs> he all been had, quieted down a bit. Yeah, so, it has uh, been. but you know, it's cyclical. Some, what, one year you're good, one year you're not. Just.
2: Yeah, and I wonder when uh, Comcast is going to blanket all Oakland County. I'm sure Phil is talking to them. How, when are we going to get Comcast gigabit uh, up here in all of Oakland County? I imagine that'll be one of the next big areas they expand to outside of uh, uh, outside of the Detroit City.
5: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, Mike, we're talking to Mike Brennan, uh, Michigan. So mytechnews Uh, He's with us here every week. Uh, You can get to his site by going to mytechnews.com, and you can see not only everything that he's... um, published this week, but prior uh, weeks as well, because some of these stories uh, have a long shelf life and, and Mike, you do such a great job of covering the tech uh, sector here in Michigan. Uh, we well, as really always used to say,
5: thank you, thank you very much. Yeah.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate that. Take care, Mike. Go back to the game.
5: Alright, thanks. All right,
2: And right. root for Go Blue. Hey, we're going to take another break here at the top of the hour for uh, news uh, and then uh, come back for another hour of the Internet Advisor Show. Uh, you're listening to, uh, uh, to Ed Riddell and Gary Baker, and we have a couple really cool guests coming up, um, young guests doing some amazing things. So stick around, and uh, we'll talk to you um, after the news at the top of the hour here. And again, you're listening to Internet Advisor and you can go to our site, internetadvisor.net to hear this podcast and other podcasts. Stay tuned.
0: You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, the internetadvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, and many other resources. You'll also find links to mitechnews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter and at Detroit's newest podcast network, podcastdetroit.com. Now let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor.
2: This is Gary Baker. I'm here with Ed Riddell, and we have another hour uh, to talk about technology. And uh, we have a couple great guests. We have a young lady that is uh, here in Michigan. She, unfortunately, she's, uh, or fortunately for her, um, she's in Europe, and um, she has a great company that Inforum has helped her with. So stay tuned. We're going to be back after this message. Thank you for tuning in to the Internet Advisor Show. This is Gary Baker, Ed Riddell, Foster Brown, and Cal Carson have the day off. But uh, we have a couple great guests uh, in this next hour. And one of them is um, a Detroit native um, who's had an entrepreneurial spirit since maybe the day you were born. <laughs> Tatiana Grant is with us. Tatiana, welcome to the Internet Advisor Show. Hello, this is Tatiana. Hi, Tatiana. This is Gary and Ed. And uh, we, so, I, I think you've been an entrepreneur since, like, the day you were born, right?
6: <laughs> it seems <laughs> like it. a It's. It does, doesn't it?
2: <laughs> it started with a Kool-Aid stand and now expanded to Flash <laughs> Delivery, Michigan. Tell us,
6: exactly.
2: Tell us what Flash Delivery is.
6: Flash Delivery is Detroit's first on-demand de- food delivery service which basically means grocery and uh, restaurant delivery within 45 to 60 minutes.
2: Wow. And so do you have specific um, restaurants that you work with? Uh, obviously, you, you've you got to have some kind of arrangement to be able to kind of guarantee that you can make that kind of delivery, right?
6: That is correct. Um, so to answer your question, yes, we do have contracts with particular restaurants. Um, right now, there's about 30 um, I won't list them all, but they include Buffalo Wild Wings, Traffic Jam and Snug, um, and like wow. I said, about 30, 30 others, but they're all on our website.
2: Wow, that's great. And the website is flashdeliverymi for michigancom yes, Correct. Absolutely. And so we found you um, because of Tember Shea, uh, who's the director mm-hmm. of Engage at Inforum. Uh, Tember, welcome to the Internet Advisor Show. Thank you. Great! Hey, um, so thank you for for helping us uh, find Tatiana Grant. This sounds like a a wonderful uh, new entrepreneurial uh, effort here in the city of Detroit. It
4: is. It is. Flash delivery is amazing.
2: So how did how, so you work for? Um, you're the director of Engage for Inforum. Tell us about Engage and what you're doing now to help identify and help entrepreneurs like Tatiana.
4: Yes, absolutely. Um, Engage is Inforum, and anyone familiar with Inforum, we were formerly the Women's Economic Club, had a name change in 2005, but we've been around for quite a while. Um, and what we have expanded through over the years with is our programming for women in different stages of their career, and specifically women in entrepreneurship. Um, that's been a really hot topic and a very hot thing in the city of Detroit since probably 2009 now. Um, what Engage is, is our strategy to actually position Michigan as the high-growth hub for women entrepreneurs. Um, what Engage Masterclass specifically does is we it's a co- confidential, facilitated peer-to-peer founders forum or CEO table, if you will. Um, it's for emerging second-stage women entrepreneurs. It's an eight-session, eight-month program. Um, in this program, what we help the entrepreneurs with is assessing their company's operations, management, finances, and personnel to examine those strengths and challenges that they may have and also identify and formulate strategies to realize new opportunities.
2: And you're signing up people for next year right now?
4: We are. Our next cohort of Engage Masterclass begins in January 2017, Okay. Um, and we're looking for any emerging second-stage female entrepreneurs who are really looking to have that confidential forum and the help of some amazing subject matter experts and facilitators.
2: And that's for second-stage companies. And Tatiana, um, how do you help a company like hers? Is that through the Masterclass, or is that a different program?
4: Oh, It's absolutely through the Masterclass, and I think I would really love to let Tatiana tell you how it's helped her.
2: So, um, (laughs) Tatiana, tell us, first of all, what was the inspiration? How did you... How did you start the company? Why did you start the company?
6: Um, honestly, it was out of necessity. <laughs> it, it was probably around this time, um, about three years ago, it was in November, and I wanted some tacos, and <laughs> I kept calling this restaurant, um, and they weren't answering their phone, and after about an hour, I just said to myself, I just really wish someone would deliver me some tacos. And, <laughs> and
2: you were that I someone?
6: Looked, Exactly, and you know, I I started looking online. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so crazy that you know, when I did my search, there were none in Detroit, and there was only one that I found in like the greater um, area, the greater metropolitan area. So, um, basically, I started doing research that night. I was up until about four o'clock in the morning, emailing every food delivery company I could find, uh, pretty much in the nation, asking whoever was the info at email address if I could have 15 minutes of their time. Um, And the ones that responded, you know, kind of walked me through the process, some operations. And I attended um, an event and met a few of them and realized that it could be a feasible business uh, in Detroit.
3: So you had this great idea, and then you knew that it was a great idea. And then you you just worked with it and contacted people that have... They had that similar idea, and, uh, and, and you just walked with it. That's amazing.
2: But ideas are Thank cheap. I, ideas are cheap. You actually made this happen, yeah. right? That's the hard part. How did you do that? How, when did you first hook up with, with somebody like Timber and Engage?
6: Right. So um, I would say it, it's been within the past year because the program is for high-growth companies. But basically, um, I started early on. When I did have this idea, I, I didn't want to risk any opportunities for failure. Essentially, so I did some market research um, as far as doing surveys, asking people what they utilize the service, how frequently things of that sort. And there's actually a program called the Build Institute, um, and they are for either pre-startup phase businesses or startups. And so, by going through that eight-week class, it really kind of prepared me for our launch. And they assisted us with our launch. And, um, yeah, they helped us get the word out and helped us put together the marketing strategy. And then from there, you know, we um, have luckily not been in that statistic where most startups fail within the first two years. So, we made it over that threshold (laughs) and are now... In the growth phase, so we were able to make it into the Inforum
2: Masterclass. That sounds wonderful. We're talking to Tatiana Grant from Flash Delivery and Tember Shea, the director of Engage for Inforum. Um, folks, would you stick around um, and uh, talk to us after this commercial break? Absolutely. All right, great. We'll be back in just a minute. Well, this is Gary Baker and Ed Riddell, and we have two guests on the line with us, uh, Tatiana Grant from Flash Delivery and Tim Burchey, uh Director of Engage. Uh, welcome back to the Internet Advisor.
4: Thank you. Hey, we Thank were, you for having
2: us. We were just talking, Tatiana, about, okay, you took this class, and, and that was really um, beneficial. You had the idea for Fast Delivery. You knew the need. You you identified the that you you needed it, but you also identified there was a need out there, and mm-hmm. and then you have to go start this company, and that's where some some help like Engage can help you, and and uh, and, and it's because of that that you can reduce your your um, opportunity for failure, right?
6: Absolutely. So, there, um, there. I was actually at an event. Timber was at it on Friday as well, called um, the, the BizGrid Live Panel, and there are so many resources available um, to business owners, to startups, and even, you know, second-stage companies. There's so many resources that are available to us, um, uh, whether it is like an incubator, kind of like the master classes, or even if it's just assisting with very specific needs, accounting needs, the score, there's things of that sort. And so for us... Just the ecosystem of the entrepreneurial community has greatly assisted us in getting to where we are right now.
2: So, I'm challenging. I'm I'm curious. What challenges are you facing right now? Because I I mean, really, being an entrepreneur, it's just you know figuring out uh, um, just a whole series of challenges. Right, it's one after the and after another. And <laughs> so, which, which what what are you doing now? What What are you working on now?
6: So, the the big thing for us right now is just. Wrapping our our complete brains around the concept of growth. So for us, we have to have a very specific ecosystem in order for us to grow. We have to have drivers who would transport the food. We have to have partners, which are, you know, who we're getting the food from, whether it's restaurants, grocery stores. And then we have to have customers. And so for us, in order to go into these different markets, like I said, we have to do all those. So some of it's marketing dollars, some of it's recruiting, things of that sort – and there's been times where we've been ready to go into a market and we can't find drivers Well, if Mm. we can't find drivers we find we find drivers but then we can't find restaurants and then you know we're trying to be as cost efficient as possible so then when we start looking at the marketing to go into those markets it's like ooh, we need to to uh to you know increase our sales in order to be able to penetrate that so for us it's just been completely wrapping our brains around that and the operations that go along with it um but luckily for us um as of last week we brought on six additional drivers so we are you know full full court press to expand um within the next 30 days
2: so is that next for you what tell us what's next
6: yes what is next is within the next we're just probably over a week right before thanksgiving We will be announcing um, our grocery partners, Um, and based on the feedback from the people that do know who they are, um, we're very excited to be able to announce that people can get their Thanksgiving dinner delivered to their home. Um, So that's one, is really having this strong grocery partner that we'll be able to get, um, you know, Michigan-made products and, and produce from. And then secondly is going into, like I said, these expanded markets. So right now we're in the greater downtown Detroit area, however, we will be expanding to the Palmer Woods University District, Sherwood Forest, Myrndale area, and kind of continuing to go north, and then we're determining west. So are we going to go to like a Canton-Northville, or Southfield, and things of that sort. So really just expanding and growing throughout the different markets in Michigan.
2: So how fast are you going to get to Ann Arbor? (laughs) Not that I have a personal stake in that question.
6: (laughs) Probably once we get over by that Northville-Canton area, we can do do a little bit of piloting and testing.
2: So, I I mean, you learn all of this through Engage?
6: You know what? I feel when it comes to entrepreneurship, you really don't learn any of this until you're actually doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, For instance, I am, when it's all said and done, A marketing and PR person that's you know what both of my degrees are in when it's all said and done I own a logistics and operations company we are transporting food from one place to the other throughout all of these different areas and so for me you know it it wasn't something that I learned through a, a class the classes have assisted me in making the best decision for our business to help us grow but it's really just getting in there Problem solving, learning on the fly, and then when you don't know things, being able to go to these resources, like an in Inforum and some of these other groups that will assist you with connecting the dots and getting the type of resources that we need to learn and get over those hurdles.
2: Uh, Timber Shea uh, is the director of Engage. Uh, Timber, what are some of the kind of the more typical kinds of things that you help your entrepreneurial uh, women uh, learn? Um, how do they? How do they work with you? How do you work with them?
4: Yeah, we have some. We have some amazing subject matter experts in the area, as I'm sure you're aware. So we've done sessions on negotiating, sales and marketing, um, perfecting your pitch, um, really deciding who your advisors are as a small entrepreneur starting up. That advisory board and those people who can really help you through the challenges that Tatiana's been through are really, really important. So um, really helping these entrepreneurs connect with those type of people. Um, and each class, since it is a peer-to-peer facilitated type class, it really is dependent on what the entrepreneurs within that cohort need. And each cohort can be very different.
2: You know, I just saw some information here. Engage, you, you've you been part of Inforum. Inforum's been around for years, decades. Um, yes,
4: 54 years.
2: But um, Inforum or Engage has only been around since, what, 2012?
4: 2012. And since 2012, um, we've evolved the program to really suit the entrepreneurs a little bit more each year. Um, And since 2012, we've had 79 women go through the program. They've incorporated 38 new companies, created 234 jobs, and been granted 25 patents, which is pretty impressive.
2: Wow, that's amazing.
4: Yeah, and additionally, we, you know, with the support and help we they've raised more than nineteen point seven million dollars in follow on funding.
2: And they can and do, do that not that's only money
4: that's, go ahead. Yeah, and that's money that stays in the state of Michigan. Yeah. Money absolutely. and jobs.
2: And and not only do they start their company, but then I imagine that there's ways for them to give back to to kind of put their hand back and help the the next group.
4: There absolutely is. And as Tatiana was referring to earlier, we have a tremendous ecosystem of organizations in Southeast Michigan that can help anyone at any stage and in any industry, any place they are. Um, and that's where we all work very collaboratively together. Um, that's the event we were at last Friday. We were all coming together to show any entrepreneurs who needed help everything that could be provided for them. Um, so that's it's really a very powerful network of organizations and people who are committed to making Southeast Michigan the place for entrepreneurs to be.
2: You know, I've done a fair amount of mentoring uh, over the years, and I find that I learn more than the mentee does every time I do that. <laughs> so my uh, hat's off to both of you. Uh, Tatiana Grant, uh, fast, deli- fast Delivery, we're going to watch your uh, your progress, your success. I'm sure it'll be successful. Uh, can't wait to see you in Ann Arbor. And, uh, Great, Tem- thank you. Th- thank you. And Timber Shea, Director of Engage for Inforum, thank you very much for helping us uh, find uh, Tatiana. Uh, well, welcome back. Uh, we That was a great conversation with Tatiana. I can't believe that... Uh, it's really inspiring. Isn't it? You know, how many of us have great ideas? And, and don't follow up with them. You know, they're just great ideas until you actually make them happen. And she's living her dream. Yeah. Yeah, wonder, wonderful. Hats off to Tatiana Grant and Fast Delivery. You know what's amazing? That it's already November. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that we're starting to talk about you know holiday shopping already
3: that used to be reserved until after thanksgiving but then we had black friday which was the day after thanksgiving and And, then cyber
2: monday which was the monday after that
3: um and now they're pushing it all the way back to the beginning of november it's like okay it's november it's okay to put out christmas decorations you know
2: it's it's funny um you know now so what where do you go to do your online shopping
3: online shopping i've um, amazon.com uh, last year i also experimented with target mm-hmm. i figured that was a great year to shop at target was because they had all their problems the year before right and it really wasn't target's problem it was the people that do the financial uh, who they paid to, to do all their credit card transactions online that actually missed lost all the users data yeah, it and, really wasn't target and it was it w- someone they were paying to take care well, of well
2: and it, and it came through from somebody that had a bad had a very easy to guess password yep. on one of their uh um third party vendors, uh actually H V A C vendor that mm-hmm. they got in and then they got, you know, into the rest of the, the crown jewels for Target. But um but that yeah, so what any place yeah. else? I started I started Target at um Amazon, too. Yeah. I might go a couple other places to look, if specifically, if I'm I'll looking i compare for, prices, maybe. Yeah. But, it, but Amazon seems to do such a good job because they've got so many vendors that they pull in.
3: They do. But you know what I've noticed in the last few years is that uh, any price that I look at as a Prime member, uh, um, most of the merchandise already has 5 to $8 added to the price that if I was not a Prime member. Mm. So if I go in with an anonymous account on another PC that Ooh, I've never logged in on... They've the prices are five to eight dollars more because they add shipping into the price of my cost because I'm a prime member. Yeah. Not all items. And I, I'm I'm really that sort of pisses me off a little
2: bit. Yeah. It's kind of a bait and switch maybe. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A little yeah. bit. So I I do that too. But you know what, um and you're right, they we used to start with Black Friday and the Black Friday deals and there were people then before they you know, last year it was okay, you could start on the Monday before Thanksgiving mm-hmm. instead of waiting till the Friday after Thanksgiving. And there was some of that. They're starting to put up Black Friday Deal Store. Amazon has the deal store open today, and every day now through the Christmas through Christmas, right, right, um, and probably beyond, they're highlighting different deals, different times of the day. um, You can watch items, and you can watch them, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: And they started this last July as like a for that um, Christmas, Christmas in July July for I think uh, either twenty four hours or a week. I, I don't recall. And I watched it, and just nothing really tickled my fancy. Um, you know, I didn't really want to buy winter coats and boots in the summertime,
2: but I, I, am I'm, I'm kind of on the other end of, um, shopping, which is, I'm trying to figure out how to give stuff away right now. Oh <laughs> you yeah. Know? You're trying to downsize? Downsize and, and whatnot. But, um, the people that are growing, you know, that growing their, their families and, um, need to buy, you know, f- buy certain gifts uh, mm-hmm. for the holidays and, uh, this is a great way for them to get started early, not hit the, the rush of the holiday season, although I like that um, sometimes mm-hmm. to go out when I'm, people saw people watching and not having to, you know, to actually go buy something, you right. know, stand in the lines. I get to watch other people stand in the lines. Right. And uh,
3: I was never one for crowds. Um, and, and then you're usually you stay and you're like, I'm starving. I have to get home. And then you, you usually have to go out to eat probably fast food. Um, so I really do prefer the online shopping experience. And, um, instead of stopping on the way home from work, I can either do it at work during my lunch or, or when I get home and I'm have my fuzzy slippers on much more comfortable. Cool.
2: Um, but have you tried Alibaba? You know, um, I haven't, but I know of a number of people have. You have, haven't you? One time, One I was time. looking okay. for
3: something, and I did a transaction with them. It went very smoothly, mm-hmm. but then I had the Chinese. The, the, I was actually notified that they had to pull the product back, but that it was not allowed in the United States. Oh, really? So I had to wait for the refund, so, and
2: that took several weeks. So Alibaba is even bigger than Amazon. It is now. So but, Alibaba is, is in
3: yeah. is in. Uh, is a is the Chinese version of Amazon. Uh-huh. Um, it's been out there for a number of years, and apparently they have what's known as Singles Day. Right. I was not aware I, of. I this. wasn't
2: either. And and
3: started. It, it, it's a, it's a Alibaba started uh, event from 2009. It, they just came up with the idea, something called Singles Day on November 11th in so 2009. Yep. And uh, last year they made fourteen billion dollars in twenty four hours. Is that amazing? Th- that's nuts. Those figures are just God. incredibly
2: high. Well, and I I saw the in either that uh, announcement or one um, other announcement that that sixty four percent of people that, that are how they shopping start before Black Friday now. Well, yeah, of course. You know, and I, I know people that uh, that are on the other side of that that, you know, start the day before Christmas <laughs> to do their shopping. But yeah, you 64%, know, I, that's pretty amazing. I,
3: I have a little note item in my calendar that I, um, as the year goes on and I think of things, I put Christmas items in there. And it's it's not too far-fetched for me to think, you know, while I'm thinking of this, I should probably just buy it now, right. have it shipped to my house and hide it away in the closet somewhere.
2: So the problem that I have mm-hmm. with doing that Is that I'll find it in February? (laughs) Oh yeah, I plan to give that away at Christmas time. So then I go, you know, I can't wait to. So then, so it's it's, that has happened. So uh, the kids get, or uh, my brother gets uh, a gift in February that I. I should have given him at uh, Christmas, got him something else because I'd forgotten that I buy, bought that early.
3: Mm. And now the other thing is I don't use eBay too much because eBay, I think of as buying used components, but they also, there's a lot of new stuff you can buy oh, yeah. on there too. And you can bid for the, uh, and usually get good, good deals mm-hmm. and use PayPal, of course, which was purchased by, um, uh, eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, matter of fact, I, you see PayPal on many other sites as well. Um, That you can use that as the purchase medium. And that's one thing I forgot to ask Tatiana is what type of payment method was she using for her uh, flash delivery
2: service? Well, we could go on to flashdeliverymi.com and find out. I I might do that.
3: (laughs) I don't think they deliver up in Ortonville. but
2: I don't think so. I think that's going to be a a little time in the future before they'll uh, deliver up there.
3: So another thing you and I were talking about was um, Facebook and during the holidays, we use Facebook quite a bit to coordinate uh, um, family activities. Mm-hmm. They can be so confusing,
2: and you make that a private, family-only site. You Have to be invited to that site, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah,
3: perfectly. Yeah, because you don't want people to know when you're not going to be at home. Right. Basically, yeah. if there are people that just that happen to be friends, and you don't know how good of friends they are, um, so and we found it. Um, just helpful. I mean, we share jokes with each other, and it's it's. My wife has eight brothers and sisters. I have eight brothers and sisters. You come from a large family as mm-hmm. well, and uh, it's just a great way to keep in touch with children, grandchildren. Uh, I don't have any grandchildren. My children are grandchildren. Yeah,
2: yeah. I don't either.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a way of, oh, so-and-so is having a housewarming party. They're moving to Allen Park or Wyandotte. And, and uh, it's, it's just a great way to plan family events.
2: You know what I've used also, not, not only for the family, but for business. Um, when it's a widespread spread business or we're trying to get together to, uh, um, to, to meet in person or to meet on the phone, mm-hmm. um, there's a, a product, there's a site called Doodle. And you can list all the different people. It sends out an email to them, and, it's a, and And then you list different times that you can meet. And they go in, and it'll automatically show you that, oh, yeah, the only time that we can meet are these three times on these three days. I or, haven't heard of that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's great. because Is it it's otherwise,
3: app? Is it an app on the phone?
2: It, you can use or on, it on the, the PC? Fo- you can use it on the phone, or it's a website on, on the PC. Oh, otherwise. excellent. But, it, but it's great because, <laughs> you know, you'll say, can you meet on Thursday at 2? No. Can you meet Wednesday at four? No. When can you meet? I can meet Friday. Oh, I can't meet Friday. Sometimes you just do this with two of you. <laughs> it's like here's all the you know that's true. Time. Here's when all the time I can meet. You know when when can you get on the phone and talk? So,
3: you know that's a good point. I mean, a lot of the executives I work with in my environment, they have an administrative support that, and they one of their primary jobs is just the calendaring S- of these executives' schedule and reschedule schedule and rescheduling. Yeah. It's it is that's nuts, amazing, isn't it? Yeah. How. Um, and, and they'll spend over 50% or 25, 50% of their time managing several executives' calendars. Yeah,
2: it's amazing. Well, Doodle, I, I think, is is great for doing that. Facebook, there's other um, ways that you can take and, and restrict um, what you're sending out, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of... Um, we were trying to coordinate going up to a tailgate last weekend um, with a number of different family members, friends, whatnot. And at some point, there's got to be a limit to the number of text people in the text I was going to say text groups would be yeah, good for that. But, but we haven't found the limit, so that's how we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So, um... Stay tuned. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about technology, technology here in Michigan, technology that you can use. Uh, And uh, normally we would have a call in at this time, but we're not uh, live. But we'll talk a little bit about some of the problems that you might experience as well. Hi, this is Gary Baker, and I'm here with Ed Riddell, and uh, we're going to talk tech for the next 12 minutes or so. Um, Are we going to
3: it's about uh, tech? Good.
2: Good. I mean, you know, it's not, that's a new concept uh, here on the Internet Advisor <laughs> Show. We've only been doing this, uh, we're in our 19th year. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we should talk about tech. You know what was interesting? And I think you brought it to our attention. If you try to fly with a Samsung Galaxy Note 7, yeah, what's going on there? Well, the Galaxy Note um
3: Note seven, of course, you've heard about the, the batteries that are overheating, in some cases exploding. There was a, um, there was a, a flight, was it United Way? Um, I can't remember. It wasn't Spirit. Anyways, that the, a guy went on the airplane and his battery caught fire and they had to evacuate the airplane. Luckily, it was it's while they're still, they were still the at ground. the gate. Yeah. And, um, Samsung's in a world of heard of this. They've recalled all the devices now. And, um, um, but if you're flying the, 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 um, they will make special announcements at the gate and in the airplane that if you do not disclose to them that you have a galaxy note uh 7 um that and and you are found with one you'll have to pay a fine of $150,000 so i how does the air
2: the airline enforced that
3: well that's if they it's find F- it they, they've yeah. given them verbal FAA. warning yeah. several of them and uh and i imagine the marshals that are usually on the planes would uh can do something i imagine they want to lock it in a steel box if you have one i mean if you want to disclose it and that you want to bring it with you they're going to add, they're going to probably turn it off and put it in a steel box and put it someplace safe yeah. i don't know but i, I thought that was I, I, everyone in the plane was just
2: Whoa, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> okay, I'm fine here, take mine.
3: yeah, take it here, take my iPhone. <laughs> so
2: so I wasn't here last week yeah. um but uh the that week before Apple made a big announcement, and then Microsoft did. I thought the Microsoft announcements were for the first time maybe ever yeah the microsoft announcements really kind of upstaged apple i
3: think they did apples were really blah and um and microsoft's coming up with a whole bunch of new hardware platforms they're coming up with a surface desktop version that's 27 inches they have a whole new surface and i don't have my notes in front of me now it's for the graphical artist and it's going to be quite pricey i think in the range of 24 to 2500 dollars
2: but but you can can write on it, basically. Oh, oh uh, yeah, a, it's wonderful uh, for for that market segment. Yeah, right? probably uh, yes. won't sell that many. In, but.
3: In, please increased uh, 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 Intel processor and graphics capability. Yes, for that market, and they have what's known as a puck, that's PU, right. and that's what's used. Um, uh, you can program it, and they're really hoping that the application developers will take advantage of this. And it's something that you can place on the screen and and rotate. In a circle, like a hockey puck, but, but it's really the diameter of a golf ball, and uh, that you can use to for menu selections. Uh, think of it as like a 3D mouse type of a thing, um, but you're sliding it over a 2D surface, which really didn't make sense but um, <laughs> it's, it's an option and, uh, and Microsoft is also going to be changing their way they deliver uh, their patches. So with the announcement of the the ability of Microsoft having Windows 10 on, on all their different platforms, their surfaces, their tablets, their, their desktops and their notebooks, the, the small phone environment they have. They, what they're really hoping is that the, um, the programmers will develop applications that work across all the platforms. Oh, I forgot to throw Xbox in there. And right. so what Microsoft is also doing along that is, is that they really want to make a rich app store Which really hasn't taken off.
2: Mm -hmm. um, Really hasn't
3: at all. And that's what they really need for people to adopt their would have needed for people to adopt their phones. But along those lines, Microsoft is changing their how they're delivering patches to us standard people that have um, Xboxes and laptops and desktops, and it's called Unified Update Platform, Mm -hmm. and it should reduce the size of the downloads. Uh, and how long they take, not the quantity and the number of them, but how long they take to install and download, which can, you know, sometimes you're, you'll, you'll watch that clock and how it installs because the downloads that you're installing are really meant for, you know, dozens of platforms,
2: mm-hmm. if you will. Have you, um, you know, speaking of Microsoft, have you, do you use office? Do Office, I, I'm, I'm a basic Office, Office user.
3: I, I, just in the environment, I use Office 2016.
2: Okay. So, but do you use, though, Office 365, their subscription version?
3: Not yet. That'll be rolling out in the near future in, in the corporation I'm employed at. Okay. Uh, they're, they're preparing it by changing from Active Directory to Microsoft's Azure network, right. which will then, at some point in the near future, allow us to run to um, Office 365, and then we'll be able to run it on not only our 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 workstations, but also our smart devices as well. So, I mean, that's the big push so that we can run it on our mobile phones.
2: You know, I've seen um, a number of new things come out. Cause I, you know, we have uh, four people, and five actually, because of we, we include another family member. Uh, we have five, different um users that can use the office 365 home edition right so i pay 99 dollars a year right. for all five of them and it keeps everything up to date i never have to buy office i never have to buy any of the other uh, microsoft um most of the other microsoft um uh, applications because they're all come bundled right. in that well, and you right? get a, you get a
3: mail email account and you get online storage cloud-based storage yeah. too
2: yeah that's right one drive is a terabyte of drive of and it's all free, Which is right? Huge, or included, right? yeah. So, you know, what's interesting though is that they started to come out with things that you can only get through Office 365 through the subscription. So, smart slides for your PowerPoint slides. They have different ways of creating them, and and different. Uh, they have a whole new system to to take a PowerPoint and make it look like a website, so that you don't have to sequentially go down through every PowerPoint slide, right? and in, in in the companies you and I work with i mean we get it's death by powerpoint right it is oh my uh, gosh and this is a way to to if somebody were to ask a question instead of saying well hang on till we get there or you jump out of the slide deck and you have to go find it you, there's a uh, an agenda that you can go through and you can basically link to any one of the slides from any other slide kind of something they should thing. have had a long time yeah, ago they now have. yeah and it's an incentive to To buy the subscription. And that's where Microsoft is going, right? With Office um, 365, they're going that way. They really want to go that way with um, Windows 10, right? They don't ever want to have another version of an operating system out there. They're just going to keep this one evergreen. They're going to just keep updating this one and uh, do it all on the fly. Oh, that's great.
3: And and we were we were sort of like poo pooing on 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 Mac or their announcements. A lot of people were disappointed with the the iPhone release and the MacBook Pro. Okay, it's more powerful and stuff. But what might what Apple did and, and more did expensive and wow. more expensive. Oh my gosh. But what they did is they removed all USB ports. Yeah,
2: can you imagine that? Now, you know they um, they didn't want to to move to USB a long time ago. Right. They had FireWire, they had other um, devices and, and now other we have ports. The Thunderbolt is it thunderbolt thunderbolt yeah and uh so now they're moving away from usb why completely
3: and 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 now we're starting to use terms that i thought i stopped using six or eight years ago which is dongle (laughs) so in order for me to connect now you got to carry them all right i have to carry dongles i have to carry something that goes from a thunderbolt adapter which really looks like a display port adapter well they're the same form factor oh and by the way if you plug a display back to your thunderbolt it actually is a display (laughs) anyways um Yes, I have to carry all these dongles. If I want a network adapter, if I want um, a display adapter, if I want an HDMI, I have to, if I want a USB, I have to plug it into a Thunderbolt. So what we're going to and I'm sure they're going to release this in the near future, is a, is a, <laughs> almost like an electrical outlet, like an uh, ISO bar electrical outlet uh-huh. that'll plug in the display port and on it will be, it'll be like a docking station. It'll have my USB ports, my display ports. It'll have everything there that I need.
2: So, um, this is wraps up our Internet Advisor show for this week. Uh, it, it's been a great, um, great time talking to you, Ed, yeah. and with some of our guests. And we
3: hope to have Foster back here
2: next week. and yeah, with I'm Cal sure back. I'm sure they're both will be back. And we appreciate you listening to us, um, either through the podcast or one of our syndicated stations. Uh, we, we do this for you. Uh, we enjoy doing it. Uh, and uh, hopefully you'll take advantage of us. And when we have some time, um, that uh, when we're live, you can call in and we can answer your questions, too. That's part of the show. So for Gary Baker and Ed Riddell, we're going to sign off and, uh, and wish you well for the week. And hope you tune back in to us and tune back into our podcast in the future. Thank
0: you. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show, Detroit's longest running, locally produced computer show with Foster Brown, Gary Baker and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts or find the show notes for this podcast, visit InternetAdvisor.net and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com dot com network. Thank you for listening.